So, the other day, I was doing a little research for this show. And I got to say, when it comes to these, like, protest chants, the Democratic voters got the Republican voters beat. I mean, when it comes to, like, creating memes, Republicans all the way. The Democrats have no game there. But the chants, like, my favorite one is, hey, hey, ho, ho, GMOs have got to go. Now, I don't know much about GMOs, but apparently, they got to go. Also, I like it, say it loud, say it clear, refugees are welcome here. That's catchy stuff. I'll be honest, if they came out with an album, I'd buy it. Though I'd still prefer a conversation and good ideas over memes and chants. You know, like an adult. This is Solving Problems and Starting New Ones. A show that tries to be an incubator of good ideas and a place to challenge popular wisdom. We'll have a little fun along the way, and you'll get all this from some guy on the street perspective. Today, we're going to play Good Idea or Bad Idea about free college tuition. And in our second segment, we're going to talk about sleep. Wonderful, wonderful sleep. Before we get into any of that, I just want to bring up a quick thing because uh, we have new listeners coming in all the time, and I realize our first few episodes are a few months old now. So if you just joined us and you listen to those first, you know, first few episodes or any past episode, you might feel like you can't comment on it. Just to be clear, I think of every episode like putting together a song. Each episode isn't just put out there then forgotten. So feel free to reach out to us on any episode on Facebook, Instagram. Or message me directly at nick at solvingproblemsandstartingnewones.com. Okay, our first segment is good idea or bad idea. And I'm going to talk about free college tuition. This has been brought up in the Democratic debates, and it's a pretty big issue on their, uh, on their platform. In 2016, virtually no Democratic support was given to the idea, with only Bernie Sanders supporting it. Today, it has majority support. As polls and surveys would suggest, 63% of Americans support free college. So what is free college tuition in a nutshell? Bernie Sanders' proposal would eliminate undergraduate tuition at four-year public colleges and universities, lower interest rates, allow students to refinance into those lower interest rates, and simplify the student aid applications, which help low-income students. And all this would be paid by a Robin Hood tax on Wall Street. This is all according to, to a uh, summary produced by Bernie Sanders. Now let's look at the three leading pros and the three cons. But first, I've got to clarify a few things. There are essentially three types of colleges. Public colleges and universities, which are paid through by government and state taxes along with uh, student loans, which is the type of colleges we're talking about. Private universities, that's like Harvard, Yale, Princeton, they're definitely not going to be free. And then there's for-profit schools like University of Phoenix, DeVry University, Bovine University. That last school might have been made up, but we're also not talking about those schools either. The public colleges and universities would be made free. All right, so the pros would be, well, it's free. The tax on Wall Street would take care of most of the cost, and you really can't beat that. And there's absolutely nothing to question about that. It's free. Freeing up capital can lead to saving money for a house, saving for retirement, things like that. Things you really can't do if you're buried in debt. Second thing to look at is, and this is going by a 2017 study, is the unemployment rate. The unemployment rate with a, without a college degree is 5.4%. With a two-year degree, it's 3.8%. With a four-year degree, it's 26 So having a key to unlock some doors are pretty important. And lastly, people with a college degree earn a little over $17,000 more a year than a person with just a high school diploma. So those are the most popular arguments for free college and why we should have it. 
Now, on to the arguments against it. I think we can all agree on lowering the interest rate for college loans and allowing students to refinance to those lower rates would be a good idea. So the plan has some agreeable points. But here are the most popular arguments against. First, it's not actually free. Over 60% is paid through the tax on Wall Street. The rest would be paid by the state. That's billions of dollars each state would need to come up with. The states would have to cut spending from other places or, which is more likely, raise your state taxes. Also, even with free tuition, it doesn't mean a student wouldn't incur debt. In a 2013 study, students in Sweden who have free tuition had an average of $19,000 of debt, while at the same time, the average U.S. student had $24,000 in debt. $19K for what should be free doesn't sound all that free. And after factoring in living expenses, books, and other fees, that's the reality. Also, they have a much higher cost of living, too. A second argument would be, you need to fix the problems with the way colleges are operated. For example, in, a public, in public colleges right now, the head of the basketball team in California, Kentucky, Florida, and I could come up with 10 more names, make more money a year than any other state employee. A basketball coach in college makes more money than any state employee. More than the governors, more than the senators. And that's your tax dollars. In New Hampshire, the biggest earner as a state worker is a hockey coach for a public college. These are a million dollar paychecks being handed out. Another example would be to take a look at the University of Michigan, a taxpayer funded school. The vice provost of equity and inclusion makes $400,000 a year. On top of that, the university spends about $11 million a year on diversity and inclusion staff and programs. Now, I'm not going to hop down the rabbit hole of asking if equality and inclusion classes are relevant, but I will ask a simple question. What kind of jobs are available for people with knowledge of equity and inclusion? Not that many, probably closer to none. A complete waste of money from the taxpayers, and a, complete wa a complete waste of time and money from the student. I actually applied for jobs pretending I had one of these degrees just to see what kind of job I could get. Each company sent a recording of people laughing and pointing at me. So this raises the important question of, are these institutions going to be responsible with the quote-unquote free money, the taxpayers' money? And there are plenty of other examples to go over in the future. The last uh, point, is college worth it? In a recent survey, 60% of Americans say yes. But what does the facts say about it? Currently, 53% of college graduates, graduates are either unemployed or more likely, in a job that doesn't require a degree. Add that to the fact that only 36% of all jobs require a degree, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So is it a good idea or a bad idea? At the moment, we have to lean towards bad idea. I don't think the institutions have proven they plan on being responsible with taxpayer dollars. Maybe other countries with free tuition don't have this problem, but we do. Another way to look at it, and I can only look at it through my perspective and the people I grew up with, if you are poor, free college tuition is unaffordable. Now, because people like to challenge the definition of poor, I have to explain this. If you are fresh out of high school and you don't have the option of living with your parents, you are poor. If you are living at home and your mom and dad are paying the rent and all the bills, you are not poor. You might be in a tough spot, a little bit of a struggle, but you're not poor. Poor is when you get kicked out of the house at age 15. Poor is when your mom's an alcoholic and your dad's gone, or vice versa, and you're put in an unlivable environment. Poor is when you can't go to a four-year college because if you are not working, you don't have a roof over your head, or food, and you might die. 
that's poor. Those are the people who need help. Those are the ones who need a, an advantage in this economy. The majority of people who are going to take advantage of the free college tuition is people who have the ability to stay home, go to school full-time or work part and work part-time. Most who are well off, which leaves the poor class paying for tuitions they can't use but would want to use. If you want to come up with a solution for people who are poor, like a payback program for community colleges or something to that effect, that's about $3,100 a year and typically gives you flexibility to work full-time. I could get behind that, but helping some people who can already afford to go to school to take a class from an overpaid professor to get a degree that isn't going to land them a job, that's a bad effing idea. Let's get, let me give you this analogy. Let's say I had a brand new car and I want to sell it to you. It's, it's your dream car, no miles, brand new, all that, and I, I want top dollar for it. And you want to buy it. But when you see it, I've smashed the headlights, I've cracked the windshield, the tires are missing, the engine's cracked, I spilled Sunny D everywhere. And I look at it like, yep, I still want top dollar for it. My whole thing is, shouldn't we try and fix the problem first before selling it to the American people? With that being said, this is a show about solving problems, so let's solve a problem. I mean, that's what we're here for, right? Now, I believe we wouldn't be having this problem if banks and the colleges took responsibility for their students and the bloated prices they have to pay. So how do we make these institutions more responsible? I'm going to answer that with a test question. Let's see if you've been paying attention. In episode four, I had a segment called Corruption in Politics. It's where we talked about the good and the bad of lobbying in Congress. Let's see how sharp you are. And if you didn't listen to that episode, you might get this answer right anyway. Get your pencils. Here we go. Students are not allowed to file for bankruptcy on student loans. Was that a good form of lobbying or a bad form of lobbying? You may start writing your answer now. And I think you can put your pencils down now. With that being said, here to defend free college tuition is our first guest, Bernie Sanders. Thanks for being here, Bernie. I'm not Bernie Sanders. You know this, Nick. Now, Bernie, what do, you, do you think the good outweighs the bad in your proposal? Nick, why are you doing this to me? And also, what do you do if the states don't want to take on the extra financial burden? It took me like an hour and a half to get here. Bernie, I would appreciate it if you at least try to answer a question. Okay, whatever. I gotta go. Fine. Leave. Typical Bernie Sanders. Always pretending not to be a four-foot-tall Asian girl. Well, on to our last segment. But before we get to that, hit the subscriber button, leave a review, five-star only, if you're listening to us on iTunes, and hit the follow button on Spotify or Podbean. I'm giving you free stuff, so do as I say. So, I like to get into psychological issues, depression, addiction, anxiety, but I can't get into any of that until we talk about sleep. Wonderful, wonderful sleep. So what is the problem when it comes to sleep? Well, we're just not getting enough of it. Americans on average get 6.8 hours of sleep. A hundred years ago, we were getting an average of nine hours of sleep. So what can happen without enough sleep? Well, the first thing, it puts a horrible stress on your body to wake up without not enough rest. You're forcing your body to do something it isn't ready to do, which is to simply get out of bed. So your body's stressed, you go to work to get more stressed, get home to deal with more stress, and even if your job and your home life isn't all that stressful, a little bit takes its toll. You know, one on its own is not a big number, but one plus one plus one, it all adds up. Also, there's a connection to weight gain without enough sleep. Just think, if you're up for 19 hours, you're going to want to eat more. 
if you're only up for 16 hours, yeah, obviously you're going to eat a lot less. I read a study on how our bodies need an extra 900 calories if you're only getting four to five hours of sleep. Also, being sleep deprived leads to a lack of focus, bad memory, and a lack of reaction time. An example of that would be, on average, 6,000 fatal car crashes a year are caused by not getting enough sleep. And also, it hurts the ability to problem solve, which can be a hindrance on you when you go to work. You know, it, can be a, it can be a problem for your career. Lack of sleep can also lead to little things like the Challenger exploding in 1986, the Three Mile Island incident, Alzheimer's disease, and, of course, mood swings. So, the first step to stop people from being so moody or blowing up a rocket ship would be for us to identify the problem. So let's break it down in two categories. Sleep deprivation and insomnia. Sleep deprivation is when you do not have enough time to sleep or you're not giving yourself enough time to sleep. Insomnia is when you do have enough time to sleep but you either can't fall asleep or you keep waking up or you get up in the morning feeling like you haven't slept at all. This might be because of restless leg syndrome, sleep apnea, or because your next door neighbor has his face pressed against the window. Which is weird, because I live on the third floor. If you have any of these problems in the insomnia category, hit the pause button and make a doctor's appointment. This is important for your life. Or stop putting ladders so close to your window. We as a society need to treat sleep a little more seriously. And no, there is no way to catch up on sleep over the weekend or any of that. There is no way to repair the damage caused to your brain when you consistently do not get enough sleep. Now, sleep deprivation is typically caused by bad habits. Do you do five minutes of research on YouTube for your podcast and end up watching three and a half hours of old wrestling clips? I know I do. So as a chronically shitty sleeper, I'll give you what's worked for me recently. And when I follow it, I sleep well. When I don't, I'm pretty useless the next day. I developed a routine and you can do what works for you. First, no cell phones or TVs an hour before bed. It creates too much stimulation. They say it creates too much stimulation for the brain, which makes it tougher to go to sleep. I see people post all the time at night, I can't sleep. Well, maybe it's because you're staring at a screen four inches from your face. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. After that, I read a book for 30 minutes. You know, the ones that are made of paper. Then turn on some music or a podcast and try and settle down. Then I focus on putting my legs to sleep, my stomach to sleep, my chest, my shoulders, because I'm so tense my shoulders are up to my ears sometimes. Then I put that thing above my neck asleep. And by then, I'm passed out. We'll see you next month. This was Solving Problems. It's time new ones. Go to bed. Your eyes, rest your head, and go to sleep.